Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We're dedicated to improving your people skills so that you can have better relationships with others for a much more fulfilling life or career. People skills are not just a nice to have, they're a have to have. So when it comes to organizations as well, this really does impact the workplace and the results that you'll get from that. We're going to be delving into topics such as emotional intelligence, communication, leadership, workplace well-being, mental health, culture, and performance. I'm going to be answering your questions on all of these topics and sharing some insights from my career to help you move forward and definitely emotioneer a modern mindset. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel or on the Facebook page as well as LinkedIn. We look forward to connecting with you there. This episode is all about how to create an online course. 2020 certainly shifted the vision for many business owners to think about online presence as well as how to create another revenue stream. I've delivered over thousands of workshops and training workshops, created content for hundreds of courses. But what I'm talking to you about is how to emotioneer it. How do you put it together? What are we doing? How on earth does it all work and come together to create a fantastic course? So these are going to be some of the considerations that I'd suggest that you write down, check out. Of course, this podcast can always be replayed, which is a great resource for you uh, as the audience. But I will take you through now. In, when I do the full workshop on this particular uh, category, there are 15 points. We'll see how far we get on this because I know that I keep these episodes under 30 minutes, uh, but there are going to be some definitely some hot sort of takeaways for you to be able to put uh, to practical use so that you can create a course that you can be proud of and that your audience will rave about as well. Consideration numero uno. Number one, why? Right. Simon Sinek said it. Start with why. First of all, take a few minutes, sit down and say to yourself, why am I doing this course? What are the objectives of the course outline? Not I want to grow my business. I want uh, credibility. Of course, those things. I hope that that's the reason why you're, you're already considering the course. What I mean is based on the topic of the course that you've decided what are the three main objectives that you want to actually achieve from it? What, what do you want to achieve? So start with why you are doing it. Ask yourself why three times and then it will be a little bit clearer. It could be that actually you're extremely passionate about it and you have the skill to be able to do it. Those would be great whys. So think about that. Take a few moments. Secondly, what we're going to look at is the objectives for the learner. Keep the learner at the heart of what you do. What I suggest you do is have a minimum of three objectives that you are aiming for the learner to be able to take away from this course. Keep them, as I said, at the heart of what you do. And I'll give you an example because I've created a, a mental health awareness course that learners have gone on the journey with. But when I started, before I even had created any content, before I'd even asked anyone whether they would be interested in it, what I said to myself is, what kind of solution, what am I resolving? What objectives are the, is, is the learner going to take away from this? And here's what they were. Ensure confidence and understanding. 
number one, to help notice signs and symptoms, number two, and number three, to destigmatize mental health through education, right? So those were the overall objectives. They kind of helped to kind of create the overarching theme of what I was doing, which helped me then develop what content was going to go in there. Number three is the feeling outcome, the reaction. Ask yourself this, what do I want the learner to feel? What do I want their reaction to be? Are they going to be encouraged? Are they going to be motivated? Is there going to be a sense of achievement about it? Whatever those emotions are, write them down, pick the main one that you are really aiming for and work backwards from that because that's going to also help you to look at the language that you use, the way you shape the actual course itself and therefore you can take them on a journey with that. There's no point saying that it's going to be an empowering course if there is no empowering speech or conversation or uh, that kind of uplifting element to the course, are you empowering through education? It's something that I definitely aim to do. And I'm sure you can hear the passion uh, when I'm talking on this podcast about the topics that um, uh, I sort of centralize around. So definitely think, how do I want the learner to feel? Number four, change your mindset. What is going to happen as you start to look at how to create this course? And you're going to write down the whys. And before you do anything, you're probably going to say to yourself, that's already in my book. Or thousands of people have done this. Why would people want to be on my course? Number four is change your mindset. The thing is about human beings, <laughs> many need convincing. They will buy 10 books, 12 books, 15 books, and they will read it about the same topic. When it comes to courses as well, they will do a range of courses. There are people that want to really study the topic before they go and actually implement anything. Or it may be that they haven't found the right course for them. And you are what makes it important. It's your skill, your personality, your creative genius that is hiding behind your mindset. So we have to try and get out of our own way. When it comes to imposter syndrome and you say to yourself, well, I'm not worthy. Like, who am I to write this course? If everybody thought that, there would be no books, there would be no courses, there would be no podcasts. So it's really about saying, well, the dog has just decided to run in. On the weekends, this stuff happens to me. Uh, anyway, so, you know, if everyone thought that, nobody would actually release any books or any courses. So really say to yourself, I am doing this. I am worthy of doing this. I have the skills and ability to be able to help other people. You absolutely do. If people are already coming to you for your solution, then there's a reason to, to, to keep it going. Definitely a reason to keep it going. Number five is planning. How do you plan the course? Well, I tend to do it in two stages. Of course, there's a lot of points on this. There's a lot of things that I consider. But when it comes to the actual planning of it, the first thing I will do is a complete mind dump, a, an actual mind map. I look at the objectives that I talked about, looked at the objectives for the learner, and then I mind map them. I basically get a 
little, like a spider diagram. I do it for my podcast as well, creating content. I write a little circle down, I put the topic in the middle or, or what I'm aiming for, and then I, I mind dump all the way around it. Because what's great is that when you have all these thoughts and you have this creativity, it doesn't come out in the order that you're going to give it to the learner or the way that you're going to create the course. You go, oh, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. Get it all down on some paper, whether you've got some whiteboards, whether you've got uh, big scrolls or a flip chart, start to write this stuff down. So I, I prefer to mind map it. I suggest you do it. It's given me great success along the way. Secondly, storyboard it. What And then break it into three. Subjects, modules, units. What is the subject? The subject, for example, would be mental health awareness course. What are the modules? Introduction to mental health awareness. Another module could be uh, understanding trauma, right? And then the units might be what is trauma? How can people be helped with trauma, for example? So there's units then will be the, the kind of the little chapters within that module, okay? And some of you may be listening to this and thinking, we well, yeah, already know that, Mel. Here's the thing about knowledge. It is the burden of knowledge. If I went deep on this from a, a learning and development and learning and performance consultant standpoint, I wouldn't help many people. So some of this stuff you may already know, and it's kind of cementing it for you. I get that. Some of it may be completely brand new for other people, right? And it's the same when you approach your content. And I'll talk about content building in, in a moment. When you approach your content, what tends to happen is that you want to throw everything in it. It's like going to a sermon at church and they decide to read the whole Bible to you. It's not going to keep you. You're not going to go back. Right. Many people say you cannot you cannot um, make a horse drink. Right. You can take a horse to water, but you cannot make it drink. It has been proven that you can influence it or that you can make it thirsty and then it will. The challenge is, though, once that horse starts to drink, it won't drink the whole lake. <laughs> so we have to do it in bite sized chunks. Right. Remember that it's about the burden of knowledge. Just because you know something or you want to, you know, give everything that you've got, you have to plan that out. You have to plan it out in stages, in bite-sized pieces. How to eat an elephant one piece at a time, right? Number six, make it a sandwich. Beginnings and endings matter. Absolutely matter. There's a brilliant book uh, by Daniel Pink, and it's called When. And he also talks about beginnings and endings in there absolutely does the height of motivation is at the beginning and at the end right kind of after the halfway point it kind of lifts into a peak again so really make it memorable you know you really want to welcome the learner into the course and you know really help them kind of compliment them for choosing the particular course that they're on and then at the end congratulate them for the success of what they've achieved and what they've learned Number seven, content building. So there's four main ways that you can build your content and it could be a variety. Like I was saying about kind of the feeling and the outcome and the reaction that you want will determine how you put it across, okay? So the four main ways are gonna be a video or film. You know, you've directed it or you've recorded uh, self-video. Um, a person or it could be a graphic or it could be a cartoon. 
Uh, there's, you know, there's no kind of set way. It depends again on the objectives that you set out. Documentation. It's been around for hundreds of years. You may create an online course that is documents to read, that is built on articles, that's built on content for reading. Don't underestimate it. A lot of people like to read. They make notes. It goes in. They like to visualize the text. And also, we've got to think in terms of inclusivity. If you have the words written down, then people that aren't necessarily able to hear as clearly will be able to see the words, right? Um, so it, you've got to kind of consider those uh, sorts of areas as well in terms of building your content. It could be that you use audio. So in many of my courses, I may link it to a podcast or I've recorded an audio that is just a clip for like 10 minutes for someone to just listen to, make some notes and then answer a few questions. So you could use a presentation, so audios and presentations, so PowerPoint, that's another great way, you know, you've got your slides going across like you would in sort of a classroom setting training, uh, so that's an option too. Now, when it comes to building your content, you can either do it yourself, I love to do it, eventually I'll outsource it and I'll have a big team that does it. Uh, at the moment, I stay close to the process. Now, if that's not you and you haven't got the time, and then outsource it, absolutely. If not, and you want to start and you think to yourself, do you know what, I'm bootstrapping my business. I'm going to create this online course and I haven't necessarily got the funds to be able to, to outsource it and pay it to someone else. When it comes to the content, start with what feels the most comfortable first. Yes, we want to go with the objective of the learner. But think about what is what is the most comfortable way that for, for you in how you can actually put it across. Comfortable, not convenient. Don't just go with the quickest option and the easiest option. Just what's more comfortable, that's okay. In terms of the attention span, which is number eight, and this is another point that I want to talk about, is the attention span in 2000, uh, they did a study, Microsoft actually did the study, and it was plotted at 12 seconds. In 2018, they did it again, and it had gone down to eight seconds. Now, I'm not saying that your online course material needs to be eight seconds long. I highly doubt that anyone would take anything away from that. But it's to be mindful of it in the way that you add the element of surprise to ensure that you keep the person engaged with the content. So when you're creating an online course where they can't interact with a, a hu another human being unless you are doing webinar style, where you're not doing it pre-recorded, then have it again, have it in bite-sized chunks, a maximum of a three minute video, right? Because you want to keep them engaged. If it has to be a longer section, just break it up. That's okay. Break up your video, edit it that way. If you've recorded it as a 20 minute chunk, break it up because otherwise that person isn't going to be able to stay engaged through the whole process and be able to take that in, okay? Number nine, blended learning. Much like cocktails, <laughs> not that I'm suggesting that we uh, we start making cocktails during our learning experience, but it's about a little bit of this, a little bit of that, having a blended, rounded approach and using a range of approaches, um, a range of approaches. Let me start that again. Using a range of approaches to make a memorable experience because contrary to belief, it is not about learning styles. Learning styles is more about our preference. It doesn't mean that someone only learns in that way. But what we do know is that 
learning must have meaning. There's a brilliant TED talk uh, by Tersha Mashak. I, oh, I can't always pronounce her name correctly, uh, but it is about learning styles and about the fact that actually learning styles are a bit of a myth. Uh, we can learn, but it has to be through a blended experience. And what I mean by that is it might be auditory. It might be kinesthetic. It could be that it's visual. So all of these different styles of how we learn combine together, you know, a little bit of the writing, a little bit of the quizzing, a bit of gamification or gamification, depending on how you say it. So all of these will definitely help to make a memorable experience. I hope you're still with me. Stay with me. Number 10, the delivery right? The way that you communicate your message and deliver your course, right? Facebook groups, Zoom, pre-recorded videos, e-learning through an LMS system. I highly recommend uh, you check out Talent LMS as well, but through a, an e-learning system. How are you going to house it? How is it going to be delivered to that person in a kind of a, a package? 11 is accreditation. Ask yourself who your course is not suitable for. There's no better way to get credibility alongside with testimonials, although accreditation comes with a high price tag. So ask, who is my learner and who is this course not suitable for? If it is for professionals, where there is high levels of regulation, teachers, surgeons, pilots, lawyers, solicitors, then they're going to be heavily regulated. So therefore, you're going to pay more in terms of accreditation and ensuring that you're able to deliver the content for those particular professions. If that's not your bag, that's okay. Be transparent. It does, you don't always have to have accreditation, but it does give you some credibility as well, depending on who your target audience is. Number 12 is about time. A lot when we're looking at building a course, building content, we can underestimate it or overestimate it. It will take you, on average, to create an eight-hour online course by an expert content builder about two weeks with laser focus, kind of like a, a sprint run. It will take two weeks of laser focus to create an eight-hour online course, if you know what you're doing. So unless you've got unless you've got a lot of content already done and then it can be repurposed, the more complex and technical your course is going to be, of course, the longer it is going to take. Right. Number 13 is selling your course. Think about who your audience is and who knows you. Who knows you? Where is your area of genius? What network do you have? Because when it comes to social media, if you're going down the kind of, uh, I'm going to just go on social media, I'm going to talk about it on social media, I'm going to influence people through there, 10, only 10% may see it. And then only 10% of that may engage with it, right? Unless you've got a Facebook group or a warm email list, you're going to get more engagement or more eyes on it. Also, start with, you know, the market. Pitch your course before you make it. Get a little bit of feedback. Do a little bit of market research. Is there anyone out there interested in it? Because otherwise, you're going to spend a lot of time creating something that no one is going to buy. Number 14, costs to consider. Looks like we're going for the whole 15 here, right? <laughs> costs to consider. There's LMS systems. You know, how you're going to house your course. If you're using an, a learning management system, it's going to cost you money. Subscriptions to video editing, uh, video housing, 
certificates, printing, accreditation, plus your time to build the course all together, you're looking at around about 200 to 300 pound a month before you're adding, you know, specialist subject matter experts that you may need to outsource to get content or to interview to get their knowledge to be able to put the course together if you're you know if you're if you're doing it for other it depends again on your reasons you may want to get a subject matter expert in uh, or you, you are the subject matter expert so that also depends so make sure that you factor all of that into your costs and don't go too low or too cheap uh, it's not about that it's about building value not just giving a you know 29 pound course okay 15, number 15, the last thing that I'm going to talk about on this particular topic is MVP, minimal viable product. When starting out, focus on what you do have and then build on it. You can start with a basic course as long as it covers the objectives and it builds value for the actual learner and they stay engaged with it. You can get their feedback and you can improve it over time. Like I was saying regarding the costs and regarding the time factor, there's no point in spending six months creating a course and then actually finding out that nobody wants it and you're not, you're not in a position to sell it. This is about finding out if there's an appetite, but starting with what you have. I've seen many people that have an audience that realize they have a need and say, hey, guys, you know, being transparent, I haven't done this before. So I'm going to do I'm actually going to create a Facebook group. And every week I'm going to deliver you a workshop. And then, you know, if you want to come on the bus, be testers, get involved in it. I'll do it at a lower price to begin with. And then after that, I'll have the content that I'm able to then release my course on. Right. So that could be a way of doing it. Let me give you this last takeaway. So I've given you 15 things to consider, 15 things to think about from an online course building perspective. This is the one thing that I suggest you do today. If you are even considering this, start today. You will not have a course if you do not start. Thanks for listening to the Emotioneering podcast with me, Melissa Curran, today. It's been great. Remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or all three. You can also come to the website, modernmindgroup.com, where you can subscribe there, stay in contact, and let us know what you really think. Give us the feedback. This is going to get better by knowing what you think. Uh, has this given you food for thought? Has it helped you change something? What has it inspired? Let us know, because that's why we're doing it. It's all about the people, people, people. <laughs> Have a great day and ciao for now.